to another episode of Pardon Our Honesty, where today's deep dive is motherhood. What a broad topic to be discussing. Um, But I think a lot of us struggle with what the heck is motherhood? What's normal? What's not normal? How should I feel? I didn't get a manual for all of this. So um, this topic was brought to Megan's attention. And so we're going to discuss it for you guys. So we're super excited and grateful that you all um, send us topics to discuss that are of interest to you. And so what we're going to do with that is I'm going to read the messages that were sent to us and that will kind of start our conversation for today. And we'll just kind of deep dive from there. So some prevalent thoughts as a mom, I won't go into too many details just so you don't know who it is, but (laughs) mom guilt, doing anything for myself or outside of caring for the house, my kids, or my husband. Am I doing enough with them each day, interacting enough? doing enough different activities, giving them all equal attention. If you have multiple children, Mm -hmm. we'll start with that one. Wow. We should start with, we have a couple, there's a little bullet. So we'll start with this one. (laughs) So as a new mother, we'll start as a new mother. How do, how do we overcome that mom guilt? I don't think you ever overcome the mom guilt. I still have guilt now. I have guilt where one of my adult children uh, lives in a home that we own but they don't always take care of the financial responsibility for that home. And my guilt is, well, if I put the kid out, he's going to be homeless. So do I let him freeload, basically, or do I let him stay? So that guilt keeps me in between those two decisions where I feel frozen. Right. And I think it does start as soon as they're born, because I feel like we have this unspoken expectation of being superwoman. And I think it comes from our generations before the women of back in history, you know, they strapped on babies. They were going down, getting food, walk, you know, they were doing I think all it's the perception though. That might be true too. We think perception. the world expects us to be superwomen, and we feel guilty if we say, you know, God knows we love our kids. We all love our kids. <laughs> yes. We and you don't kids. realize until later, because when you're a new mom, you feel like you have all this pressure mm-hmm. to like live up to all this hype. God knows you can love your children and not spend every minute with them. Yes. Absolutely. I think you will love your children more if you give yourself that opportunity to take a break from your children. And I think it's a little bit harder for a stay-at-home mom versus a mom that has to go to work. Because for me, I had children, you know, young but I got to spend maybe six weeks at the max with them newborn. And then after those six weeks, your butt has to go to somebody's house, some daycare, so that I can go to work to provide for you. But so I'm going to interrupt you there. Did you have mom guilt for having oh, put yes. them in childcare? Yes. I cried horribly the first mm-hmm. two, three weeks that they were going to daycare. And then as they got to school, like, okay, it's... or even being with friends, is somebody touching them? Am I doing this right? Is this the right daycare? Are they not going to love me? <laughs> go to the right school? Are they going to love the daycare worker more than they love me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get all that. I agree. And I think with a state, I stayed home with, with my daughter one year. And then quite honestly, I couldn't do it. I love her to death, but I couldn't do it. It was, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Being a stay at home mom is no joke. And I think what is even worse 
for a stay-at-home mom is they feel that they can't say, I need a break. Because they if you're in a traditional family where your husband or your spouse, whatever, husband, wife, whatever, they're out to work and you're at home with the baby and male, female, whatever, and you feel guilty saying... I need that adult interaction. Right. I'm sick of this little person trying to talk to me and I have no idea what they're right. saying. And you live for nap time and lunch yes. and dinners yes. and diapers and then you feel guilty this person works all day, comes home and they're providing yeah. for the whole household to say, can I go out with my friends because mm-hmm. I need a break? Like, I feel like that guilt, I think, can almost make us less effective as a parent sometimes because you're just burnt burnout, yeah. just like job burnout. Yeah, I think you do need self-care. You self-care, absolutely yes. need self-care as a new mom as an individual period because giving to others can be tiring like like your bucket was that thing your bucket has to be full before you can fill yes, somebody else's absolutely. bucket like yes, and absolutely. i think that comes back to you know a lot of our previous episodes kind of intermix all of ours mm-hmm. communication you know maybe you have that that conversation with your spouse one day a month i would like to do this yes and one day a month you go and do this yes you know, you also get a Saturday to go golfing or go to a race car race or go, you go do something one Saturday, second Saturday of every month. And the third Saturday of every month, I get the day to myself and have that. But I think we're afraid to do that. I know yes. as a, as a young parent, when I was, you know, a parent, young parent, you know, at the time my husband was getting ready to deploy. He was going to be gone for a year. I was by myself with a three month old for 12 months. And I felt guilty asking people for help. I was like, this is my problem, not somebody else's problem. And, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. (laughs) You can say the F word. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Thank God for Connie. Everybody knows Connie. Thank God for Connie across the street. I had no idea what I was doing. And I feel like that's a pressure that women are afraid to say, like, I need a break. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm exhausted. Like, but I think that also comes back to sharing, like, Mm-hmm. who in your family shared with you that motherhood can be wonderful, but it also can suck. We didn't talk about that. No. You're just supposed to be a mom. That's your job. Do it. Don't cry. You get what you get and you don't complain. But yeah. that's not fair because, you know, the husband's, like you said, going to work, being that breadwinner, and you're at home thinking that your job, which being a parent and being at home it's a full-time job. I don't care what anybody says. And there should be some compensation. But <laughs> hey, what you, what you get, yeah. hey, that's between you and your spouse. Um, but he gets to go hang out with the boys on the weekend because he worked all week. So what's right. the difference with you asking the same thing? And I think because that peer, peer pressure of this is supposed to be perfect and work like I'm just a mom. I do all the things and not having that voice to say, look, I'm doing all the things. I want to have a break just like you have a break with your boys. Right. Um, and there should be absolutely no guilt right. in asking for that. How do you normalize that? I think conversation and net generations as generations go on. But I think that mom guilt extends through the whole childhood. Like your yeah. child's too. Is your child walking? Is other kids walking? Yeah. My kid's not. Am I doing bad? Am I not interacting with them enough? Mm-hmm. Am I not? You know, even as, you know, I listen now. My daughter, my oldest daughter's 18. And then my stepchildren, there's a whole bunch of them. But the ones in our household are 16, 15, and 13. Their generation's all taught that like, we have to validate every feeling and we need to sit and talk about everything. And I've got this guilt, like, hell no, we don't. I told you to do something, <laughs> you know? So like, I feel like the guilt. And then my daughter who's off to college. I feel guilty. Do I spend, do I go see her enough? Do I make sure she knows she's still mm-hmm. like, I don't think mom guilt ever 
parent guilt, but no. mom guilt ever goes away. It doesn't. And then I when your kids so. tell you you did something wrong when they were uh, younger. that's even worse. And then if you apologize for it and it comes it doesn't up doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Then it comes up later. You're like, how many times am I supposed to apologize for that? No, I wasn't perfect. Yes, I was growing and learning just like you were, but... Um, I think it's the one motherhood and I know we're focusing mostly on mothers. I know dads stay at home and dads have a role too. We're not taking away from that, but from we're two women. So we're talking about our motherhood experience. I think that, you know, it's just a constant, you don't know what you're doing. It is literally a day by day either, you know, I'm thankful for the people I can go to for guidance and advice, but you still have to make that call as a parent. And then, you know what? Your parent, your kids might not like you later. And is that, it's a guilt then like, did I do something wrong? Did I not? And sometimes I feel like they're not going to realize it until they have their own children. Yes, that is absolutely true. And then their children are going to become grown and say things and do things to them. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, about five of them to have that epiphany. I had one that has had that epiphany because they have a five-year-old, but the other five, I'm waiting for them to be like, mommy, you're right. You tried your best. Yeah. And I feel like we overlook, like a lot of times, I mean, if you go to counseling, they always go back to your childhood. Yes. Your childhood affects everything. And there are people who have tried their best. There are parents who did not. You know, there mm -hmm. are addicts and people who just walked out of kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And they, that, I'm sorry, you didn't try your best. But if you know that you tried your best and all you knew and you tried all you knew, I think you have to give grace. And that's a hard thing for kids to be able to give yes. a parent yeah. because they want what this other kids had or this family had. What you know? they perceive. perceive. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The grass ain't always green on the no. other side. And the other thing that she mentioned that first part before we go to the next one was, you know, giving enough attention to your children. Mm -hmm. So I know that I, I only had one child and um, that was obviously easy. Now that we have stepchildren, I think it's, you know, they're older. So I don't know from a newborn, maybe you can give that perspective. Mm -hmm. But as older children, the one thing that we do is try to be when we're together, we're not on our devices. Mm -hmm. So if we're riding in the car, no devices communicate when we're at the dinner table no devices communicate mm -hmm. and then try to give each child even if it's going to the grocery store that one-on-one -on -one time like yeah. one kid come to the grocery store with yeah. me one kid go with me to the mailbox mm -hmm. to go walk the dogs or like trying to find that opportunity but I think we put too much pressure I, I like to think of my childhood so there was four of us in our house I have a twin and two older siblings my parents did not interact with us. <laughs> Okay, not no, they did, they did not. Like, okay, we might have had dinner. I don't even they remember, did. honestly, dinner once in a while. Yeah. And maybe we'd sit around and watch TV sometimes. Like, I literally don't. It was go out, play with your friends. Go run down the street and ride your bike. Yes. Go with your siblings. You yes. better watch your siblings back. My parents didn't hang out with us. And now it's like, and I understand I'm not saying it's right or it's perfect, whatever. I do see the value in hanging out with your children. Yeah. But I think we put so much pressure on all this. But like generations before, they didn't coddle in a spend every waking moment with no, their children. they did not. Um, I think for me, one thing that kind of helped was meeting Ed and he had a, a more fun, normal kind of childhood. So um, he had other siblings. And one thing we tried to do with the kids was, okay, this is mom and this child's special day. The, once a month, this is mom and this child's special day. And I think that can help, especially if you have multiple kids. Just creating a special, even if you just have one, creating a special day where this day is just mom and this kid and we're going to do whatever that kid wants to do. So. Yeah. And I think as, you know, little kids, 
it's when you have little kids back to back, I think you have to focus on number one, them getting along. Mm -hmm. But I think that as long as you're including everybody, yeah. you're not deliberate. Like babies obviously take more attention, mm -hmm. right? Gotta go change the diaper. Well, you could always bring the other baby with you yeah. and you talk to them while you're doing that. And I don't think it has to be a necessarily, we're going to sit down I mean, we're not counselors by any means, but I don't think that if you're not sitting down yeah. with your two-year-old having, you know, in-depth, whatever, but mm -hmm. they feel love. Mm -hmm. I think that is the big, what I've learned from our kids counseling and my counseling and everybody's counseling is if a child feels safe and loved, yeah. it overcomes almost everything almost, else. Yep. You have to have discipline. You have to have systems. You have to have consistency. But if they feel safe and they feel loved, it, it has a whole other dynamic. So I think the guilt with that, we have to kind of realize that we don't have to spend 23 hours a day in front of our children and right now you might not be perfect and that's okay because you are learning in this experience just as the children are developing and growing so it might be a little crazy in the beginning but you know as you get more experience you have more conversations with you know your friends your peers or you just read articles your parenting will get better or it'll change and Maybe it's not necessarily better, but it will just change because you've learned more. Okay, our next one. Exhaustion. Being so exhausted from the day, but then you want to stay up way too late so you can have some time to yourself. So I laugh at this because... I do that now. I do that. I was going to say. Yeah, I do that but I mean, I, I stay up till probably 11 or 12 every night minimum and I am friggin' dead ass tired. Yes. But it's the only time that I can put something stupid on the TV that has no meaning. Mm -hmm. I'm not working. I'm not dealing with child mm -hmm. stuff, relationships. I am literally, and then every morning when my alarm goes off at seven o'clock, I am hating life. I'm like, oh my God, I should go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, I feel like because we don't, I would say the only way that I can, you maybe have different insight <laughs> to overcome that is during the day. Taking an hour maybe yeah. to have a break, go to yoga or just sit in a room by yourself and read a book. When your kids nap, if you have yeah. little kids, you go and watch that TV show or eat candy or go outside on the porch. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you have to take a break throughout the day, but I don't know any other advice because all day long, I still, every day I do that. Every day I do that. <laughs> I do the same thing as well. I just think it's my way of saying, okay, I'm giving myself this freedom to just mind dump. Right. Because women, I, I don't know if this is true for men or not, but after, if I go to bed right after work or on time and I haven't had that chance to do the brain dump, then I'm thinking about, oh, shoot, I should have called this person. I should have did this. Oh, don't yeah, let me forget right. yeah. in the morning. Oh, my God, I got to print this mm -hmm. out. I got to call this person, blah, 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 blah. Um, what I have heard in therapy um, and from growing is that maybe that time should be first thing in the morning before everybody gets up. So like you said, seven o'clock in the morning, if the kids are still asleep, maybe you get up and you do a meditation, you do a workout, you watch your TV or play your, I love Candy Crush, play your dumb video game for like 20, 30 minutes just to get you motivated, ready for the day and setting a schedule. Setting a schedule is very, very important. Just like you do it for your kids, you need to do it for yourself. So what does that schedule look like? That may help with not feeling exhausted. Or maybe it's when the husband come home, hey, I know you just got home, but this is the agreement we're going to make. You're going to take these kids for an hour and I'm going to go 
do nothing. Right. Go take a nap, go shopping, go in the backyard, have a glass of wine. Maybe that's an agreement that you can make with your spouse yeah. to be like, I just need some time. Yeah, and it might be something like, so for instance, Nick, right? Nick gets up at 4.30 in the morning. I cannot. And he gets up, he gets ready, he goes to work. He's at work until 2-ish. Then he goes home, he takes a 20-minute nap. And then he gets up and goes, gets the kids, takes them to all the mm-hmm. sports. Like, he is all day. And then he goes to bed at 9.30. Mm-hmm. So he is not a TV watcher. He is not a social media person. I think the only time during the day he has for himself is his 20-minute nap in the car. Or he works out every day for yeah. 50 minutes to an hour. So... For him, maybe that's his recoup time. And I've never really, you know, even if the days that I would go to the gym and I would work out for an hour, I still, something about it at the end of the day, I just want to be chill and relaxed. And so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe you just have to come up with something that works for you. Because you can't be exhausted because I am tired. Like it leads to me by the end of the week, I'm exhausted, going to bed so late, waking up so early mm-hmm. and then mind stress. And for like us, we're past little kids. So it's job mm-hmm. stress, relationship mm-hmm. stress and older children's stress for new parents. It's babies and crying and constant holding and carrying. And you have all this demand on you like 24 seven of somebody in your face in your space. You've got to find a way to take breaks. I think through the day. I think we got to talk about that. Oh, this little person is in my face asking me for something over all day, (laughs) over and over again. I can say no 15 times and here they come. And you did not just tell you. But see, I want to say, I feel like, and this is, we're going to get off probably track, (laughs) but you know, I feel like nowadays, and I could be wrong. I feel like these young parents are, are two things. One, zero parenting, no discipline. No structure, no enforcement. Uh, let's go to dinner. I'll hand you a tablet. You don't have to learn how to sit there and communicate. Or you, you know, it's just complete avoidance of rules because, well, my parents had rules or my parents spanked me or my parents. And so they're totally against it. Or you have the whole other extreme where I'm going to hold you until you're four on my chest and every waking moment we're going to be together. And, you know, oh, you didn't want to do that. Why didn't you want to do that, Sally? Let's talk about that. Instead of like, no, like, like you said, I told you no. <laughs> Express to me that you understand why I said no. Now move along your way. So I feel like they kind of bring that on in a way themselves. I don't know. I have mixed emotions about that because I've seen both extremes where you just shove the tablet in the kid's face and you expect them to entertain themselves. I don't think that's effective parenting. I, But I also feel like it's the same thing as when we were young parents or when I was a young parent. The grandma said, hey, put that baby in the bed, let them cry themselves to sleep. They'll figure it out. They'll soothe themselves. So is that just a different version of letting a kid cry out in the crib? Okay, so let me ask you this. (laughs) When you were little and your family ever took you to a public restaurant, what was was expected of you? Don't show out. Mind your manners. Be respectful. Eat all your food. Okay. Um, so, was there anything no given chance. to you to entertain you? Maybe a, no, I don't remember. Maybe a book, like maybe the coloring sheets. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you. the coloring sheets. Yeah. So now let's take that away, where you learned how to hold yourself right in public, not throw a fit. If you throw a fit, we'll take it to the bathroom. <laughs> like you is. learn all that stuff, right? Now you take that away, and every not I understand once in a while. Like I'm not being a critic here. I understand every once in a while. But every time you go somewhere in public, somebody hands you a device. Yeah. Where are you going to learn those disciplines? Uh, 
you're going to learn them in other areas. Like, I guess going to school and if you get C's and D's, maybe you learn it then. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's... I, I didn't so care that's why, I know. That's why it's hard because, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason why people do it. I'm not criticizing. I just want to make that note. I'm not criticizing. But when you witness and you see how you were raised and then you alternated that a little bit. You know, when I raised... I mean, I never used a belt on my child mm-hmm. and I didn't. There's certain things I changed. Mm-hmm. But I... You better... Sure as shit, I told her, you act a fool. You're going to pay for that. <laughs> but then I also have And heard, she would... You know, and I feel like, I mean, until she goes to therapy and probably blames me for something in her life, I feel like it kind of was affected. And then I see children who didn't get that, yeah. you know, and they're struggling as teenagers and adults because they don't like rules. Because society like is going to hold you accountable, accountable whether or not your parents do. But I also did see, I think it was a TikTok or something where the individual was talking about older kids who, like you say, asked the question, well, why not? And instead of, I guess... Me as a parent was like, what, what the hell you mean? Why not? Because I said so. They are saying this is a time where the kid is learning to have their own voice. And so maybe you don't get angry at them for asking, well, why not? You just maybe explain this is why. Now go do what I said. Which I agree. I think if yeah. I say, you know, Tiffany, don't don't play that in the front yard. Right. And you say, well, why not? Well, because you know what? I've seen you lose the ball and the car can cut, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a difference of, okay, yes, we should explain, yeah. you know, if they have a question. But I think it's also teaching your children the appropriate way to ask. True. You know, if they're like, why do I have to listen to you? Or why would I do that? You know what I'm saying? That That's a whole, of course you're going to yell. But if you say, okay, 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 mom, I'm going to do that. But can you explain to me why? Yeah. Then I think every parent should say, you know what? Let me explain to you why. And maybe even before they could ask, mm-hmm. hey, you're not going to go here because. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's a learning thing because I didn't really do that. I think I did it 50-50, but no. sometimes it was just because I said, I said no. So and get out of my face. <laughs> but what about the flip side? Because I was probably, I'm guilty of, I, I, I don't think of the other part, but the first part. Madison was with me all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Leonard was deployed for the first, you know, she was three months old, the first 12 months. I trusted nobody but, but Connie and that child and Kim. So I had two people who lived on my street mm-hmm. that I would trust my child with, right? Otherwise, she didn't go to daycare. She was strapped to me. She had a man issue. If a man looked at her, she'd cry. So I carried her everywhere and carried her around doing dishes. Like it was over the top, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think part of that is almost like the device. Yeah. I couldn't handle the crying. I couldn't handle the, you know, and when you, you're tired and you're overworked, what's going to make it easiest, which we know as parents now, the older they get, you've got to do the hard, tiring Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. It has to be miserable to be Mm -hmm. successful sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when they're little and you're tired, I think just like the device, you're like, let me hold you because that way you won't cry. (laughs) (laughs) And then I can have some peace of quiet. And I don't know how you, I think you have to be, again, strong. Because as kids get older, like our teenagers, it's exhausting. It's harder to be a parent when they're older, and I feel, than when they're younger. Oh, yes. You have to be consistent now. They know. If I say, don't get on that computer and try to message that secret girlfriend, they're like, can I get on my computer to do homework? Sure. No, now you got to sit and make sure <laughs> yeah. they're not doing what they're not, you know, and you're tired and you have your own stuff yeah. to do. Like, oh my gosh. But I think even in that, there are still going to be some things that you will not be prepared for or you can control. There are a lot of things that happen with 
my kids as they were growing up that I had never heard anybody else experience. Right. And so when it happened to me or happened with them and then I'm the parent having to deal with it, I was like, what in the world? And sometimes you don't know. And I just took them to therapy. Right. I took my kids to therapy starting, I think, right after my ex-husband and I got a divorce. Because I knew that was going to be a trauma for them. No, it wasn't, like, you know, hurtful physically. But mentally, that was trauma. And I wanted them to figure out a way to deal with that that I hadn't experienced. So I knew therapy was going to be the way. Um, for them to do that so hopefully now as they're older and they experience stuff they'll consider going to therapy but therapy is a I think a godsend mm-hmm. honestly yeah because the the times that the things happen and I was like what in the world am I supposed to do with this but that's all I knew like, to well, go to therapy to right help me and to help the child right and even like Madison like Madison she was 16 I think it was and she had her first anxiety attack like cried for two days that know what was going on and so you know we just said Let's go therapy. <laughs> Somebody's got to be able to help you. And she had a lot of inner things going on that, you know, you just don't understand. And then I meet my partner and they have children who came from, you, you know, multiple, there's mm-hmm. two different moms mm-hmm. and one of the kids' moms, you know, she, she was an addict and mm-hmm. she kind of didn't do what she needed to do for those children all the time. And then, you know, that's a whole, I don't know how to deal with that because I didn't deal with that, you know? And so, therapy is what teaches you how to deal with those traumas and stuff. And I think even if you don't have anything quote unquote wrong or you need to deal with, maybe a new mom just needs therapy to like dog vent to like, yeah. because some days it's okay yeah. to say you hate being a parent. Oh uh, yes. Cause I've said it's it. Many okay. Days. There's not a mama out there. And if they tell you, I used to say this all the time. If they tell you that they love it and they've never tired and they have never da 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 da. They are lying. <laughs> every parent at some point is exhausted and sad or tired or feel like they're failing or I'm not doing good enough or I just want to break. I was just thinking about how the kids be like, I'll be glad when I turn 18 and I can get out of here. I'll be glad when you can turn 18 and get out of here too. And and just so you know, when they turn 18, it does not stop. No, it does not. Okay. It does not. So what about postpartum? Mm. and anxiety surrounding health of a perfectly healthy baby and feeling alone even with a supportive spouse and having a hard time telling anyone about it even if they asked well I think that goes back to the the perception that mothers are supposed to be the be-all end-all and when you're not that weight of, oh crap, what's wrong with me? Because Sally Mae over here is uh, putting out, hey, motherhood is wonderful. It's and I'm making the cupcakes for Tuesday, and Watch out. I got all the kids coming over this weekend. With crap. I'm going to be babysitting. And look what my Timmy Tom and Janie Jane did this week. They're so ahead. Girl, yeah, she's saying all that, but you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. So that peer pressure of, Oh, I'm supposed to be like this lady that has it going on. Well, no, baby. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. And no, you don't have to be like Janie Jane down the street taking care of all of the neighborhood children and everything is perfect. Um, and I think, too, if you feel that you have those baby blues yeah. or that postpartum where you feel alone, those are very valid yeah. Um I, I tell people even now, you can be upset, but you just can't get lost in mm-hmm. it. 
And I think that if you, if you're feeling that you have to have the vulnerability to either go to ask for a counselor, even virtual, if you don't have time to load up a baby and go to, they have it online Um, or you need to, you know, journal, you know, or do self-help, but like you've got to have an outlet some way, because I think even now as an adult with adult children, you can get depressed, Mm -hmm. feel like a failure. You could feel like, Oh my gosh, these kids are going to wear me down on the ground. Am I failing? Why can't I fix them? Why can't I do this? And if you don't have a way to get help through therapy or a friend or help, you are going to get lost in that. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay to feel that way. It's not uncommon to have depression after having a baby. I think I had depression during the pregnancy, (laughs) after the pregnancy, and yeah, therapy was the only thing that helped me get through it because in my mind, I felt not that the child was not from God and that they were supposed to be here. I just felt that my inner family circumstances and situation was not conducive to this new baby coming. We already got this crazy hot mess of a family relationship and this baby is going to come into that and Lord help them because it's going to be bad. So I, I was depressed the whole pregnancy after the pregnancy and until I went to therapy and was like, this sucks. What am I supposed to do? So I don't think it's uncommon. I think it happens more than we, we just like hide it. Say it happened because I never told anybody this until now. Right. <laughs> Except my mom that even when the husband, ex-husband announced we're having a baby, all I did was bust out crying and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was bad. Yeah. I think like if you don't have the opportunity to do therapy, I know a lot of people, we say it a lot and you might like, I don't have the money or I don't have this. You know, there's self-help books. Mm-hmm. There's videos on YouTube mm-hmm. that you can go to and search like mindset and how to overcome depression or just mm-hmm. positive mindset. But you have to take the initiative. Mm-hmm. I remember when I found out I was pregnant, I called my friend and I was crying. I, that was not what I, mm-hmm. I was not planning on being mm-hmm. pregnant. And so I battled that for a long time. My husband at the time was so excited. I call him and he's crying. He was so happy. And I was crying because I was so sad. And I was like, I feel like such a bad human being. Like, I just didn't think, like, I just wasn't, wasn't ready for that. And I honestly, until she was born, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was attached to her as a baby. I was feeling her and I was, you know, mm-hmm. but until she was born, I wasn't even sure I was ready to be a parent. And I just, you know, I was, and I've met women who say, I feel so guilty. I'm not excited about this pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Just because the lady next to you wants to document every day of her stomach and she's loving life. And she might try 10 years for that baby. Mm -hmm. It's okay. If you have a little guilt (laughs) that you, you know, maybe it wasn't a planned pregnancy. Maybe it was a planned pregnancy, but you weren't ready for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay to be guilt. Feel like you don't have just because of what society says you should be like in a situation doesn't mean that's what you have to be like. You know, I can now not imagine my life without her, but it took me a while to, I mean, until she was born, I mean, until she was born, she had a complication. She went away. It hit me right then. Like, yeah. oh my God, I have a human I'm responsible for something. Mm-hmm. I have a boa. But until then I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to be a mom. Oh my God. I, did, I barely any pictures of me pregnant. There might be two you could find. Because oh, I hated yeah. being in photos. Yeah, I I, I was not attract I felt unattractive. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I wasn't like excited. So I felt hypocritical. Like it was just a lot. I didn't and think I had a baby shower. I did have a baby shower, but I don't know how many pictures are from that baby shower. But I did have a baby shower. And as time went on, you know, but it's just I feel like we get a lot of 
people feel bad for feeling guilty or feeling depressed or getting the, and sometimes the baby blues after having a baby yeah. it's hormonal yeah, it's, it's nothing really even about you or the baby your body is just yeah. gone through all this stuff and it's like whoa what the hell? and in our community we have a lot of military mm-hmm. spouses mm-hmm. and some of these women are doing it by themselves, by themselves. they're not even here yeah. Or the man comes home for the baby, hopefully, and then he's gone, gone again. And after two weeks, he's gone again. So imagine that sadness without a baby. Now you just had a baby, and you're overwhelmed, and you're tired, and that military man is not around a lot between their hours and training. It's normal. Like I feel it's like normal. it's normal. And I think the main point that you brought up is that society tells us, or we perceive that society tells us, it's supposed to be like this, and that's the norm, and it's not. And how do we let that go and, and kind of be okay with this is just the way I feel is this. Yeah. What we're doing. Communicating, talking about it. Talking, being honest. It. Yeah. And saying, look, this is sucking right now and I don't like it. So. And not judging your friend yeah. who tells you that. <laughs> like if you're me. super mom of the world, like I had this one friend and like every like holiday donut holiday, she'd make homemade donuts. And she, I mean, you, you talk about mom of the year, like times a hundred, right? You know, sometimes you start to feel like if I told her, I don't want to even celebrate, you know, whatever holiday, mm-hmm. you feel like, oh, what? Yeah. You know, like, accept people for what they are. Like, don't put these expectations. You got me cookies for everything and decorate. And so the last point that she brought up was, if I could tell people one thing about how to help a new mom, it would be to ask them what they need, yeah. how you can help them. Because every mom is different. Some want help with the baby. Some want help with housework. Some want a nap. But don't assume that what they want or need. Sometimes it's hard when you're in the mode of caring for everyone else to ask for what you need as a mom. So the extra step of someone asking you can be helpful. I think that's perfect. I mean, because like like she said, sometimes I just need you to take the baby, go down the street, and bring it back in about an hour. So that I could do whatever the hell that I want to do. Yeah. I think, too, that that leads through adulthood. Yeah. Like teenagers, you know, what can I do? Well, maybe you could take my kids out one day and let them experience your discipline. You know, because I think everybody, they think you're the most awful person who walks the face of the earth. So like maybe if they go somewhere and experience or, you know, can we take them to do something mm-hmm. or even adults? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have adult children and you're struggling, like, you know, ask that person, can I help you with anything? Yeah. Because as adult, adult children, that's different. You yes. might be able to offer support or help or a job or a car or something like. Or just a shoulder to cry on because yeah. maybe there's nothing you could do with that situation they're going through with their adult child besides, baby, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm here to listen to you. Yeah, so. but it was funny because this weekend I went to a baby shower and, you know, I'm very much past the age of baby showers. <laughs> So, no, um, not. I mean, I'm in my mid forties. No. Like, okay. Anyways, the baby shower was a 20 something year old girl having a baby. Uh-huh. Right. And it's just funny to stand in a corner of a room and you look at, you know, so there's a lot of young women mm-hmm. all with young children mm-hmm. or pregnant or carrying mm-hmm. babies and you're listening and their whole life is these babies carrying them with them. Or <laughs> I got to leave the house for an hour and like, and you're standing back now, 20 okay, years ahead of them. Yeah. You know, my daughter's in college. Yeah. Your children are grown. Yeah. And you're watching going, yeah. that's just, you know, you're like, it's not, you'll be okay. <laughs> yes. And don't lose yourself in your child. Yes. Please don't. Keep your identity and keep things that matter to you because that's what's going to keep you long term. When you hear, yeah. well, I, I, you know, I didn't take this trip because of this or I didn't mm-hmm. go to this party because of this or I didn't, you know, I quit this job because if it's what you want, it's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you're doing to please everybody else, mm-hmm. 
long term, it's going to create this thing. It's going to create like, resentment. Yeah. That's what it's going to create. And you're going to be pissed off that later in life that you did this thing because everybody was expecting it and you really didn't want to. Right. If you want to do it, it's different. But when you're doing it to appease everybody else, you're allowed to have a voice mm -hmm. and say, you might not want to be the stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. It's okay to yeah. say that. And maybe you make a compromise. Like mine was one year, one year, and then I'm going to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a compromise of part-time mm -hmm. just to get you out of the house. But don't, because really, you if you're already sad or you're struggling as a parent, now you're doing all the things you don't want to be doing. It's, I think, going to, you know, bring you down a little bit. And I think, too, it's like being in that room, I feel like I had so much advice I could give so many people yeah. in there. Here I'm talking about their little kid. Some people don't want to hear nope. it. And that's what I feel like is how do you open conversation. There's so many things I could be like, girl, don't worry about that. They'll be fine. <laughs> Do, you know, you know, you want to like encourage them because I feel like there's some, the younger parents that are really involved, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. Yeah, they do. And we all like, do. I we all do. But I just, I don't know if I was like that too. Like, okay, here's for example, when your kids pass a fire fell on the floor, what did you do? Put it in my mouth and gave it back to Amen. me. Amen. Okay. <laughs> So now they have these sanitizers that you hook to your stroller. So when you drop it, you put it in this little machine and it's, okay, I don't mean to be laughing. It's a little, it's okay. It's okay. But I'm thinking like, you're stressing yourself out of all the things that could go in that day. Somebody take your kid, your kid could be sick, your kid could be blah, blah, blah. Like lick that shit. <laughs> but I ain't got to worry about all these weird new germs. That we don't need germs. We, we didn't have them when we oh had gosh. kids. Pressure yeah. though, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. are, now are you the mom who's not doing that? Yeah, where it was normal for us, yes. right? Yeah. So girl A sits next to girl B with her sterilizer and licks that thing and puts it in her kid's mouth. That's where I feel like we have to stop assuming everybody has the same. You know what I mean? That's like hilarious. I didn't know they had. They you guys have so many. Neat the little neat gadgets things. and things for the kids that we did. My mom I cracked have. up. When I had Madison, my mom cracked up that they had a wipe warmer to make the wipes. Oh, wow. She I was never like, had what? one of those. Yeah, she was like, that's crazy. Just put the wipe on her. <laughs> but it's, you know, I think one thing about motherhood is that you have to build that relationship mm -hmm. with your children. Mm -hmm. And every child is going to have a different relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I prayed a lot. And yeah. I went to women that I trusted mm -hmm. and I could only hope to build the relationship that I have with, with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that could have gone any direction. And sometimes it's not even your fault. Like people blame themselves for stuff. Sometimes it's not even, yeah, it's your not child even. just may not have liked their rules or they just are in a crowd now who doesn't think yep. your parenting is cool because you're the only one parenting. Yeah. So it may not even be you, yeah. you know, and I feel like we put a pressure and your kids go through all these stages. And I, yes, people used girl. to say, oh, what are the terrible twos over? I'm like, girl, it gets worse every age. <laughs> it just gets the terrible twos or stuff you can handle. The, the terrible eights, nine, 10, 11, 12, you, it makes you take a pause. Like you did what? And these poor kids with the social media and these challenges and peer pressure. Like the one thing I'm grateful for when I was younger is like when you left school, you left school. Mm -hmm. Unless they were your neighbor and you were riding bikes mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. you weren't following them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, there's, I think, an added pressure to this new generation of parents because you either have to be highly involved and be monitoring those things and checking those things and verifying who your kids are going places with because kids are disappearing all the time. 
But I will tell you that when my children turned adults, and I was a super strict parent. I was like, I'm going to know everything. We had, they had cell phones. We had the parental controls and I'm following you where you're going and the internet goes off at this time and you better get A's and B's and blah, blah, blah. The stuff they told me they did when they were not around me, when I let them go to the trusted parent's yeah. house that I knew that was going to beat their tails if they did something wrong. You can't imagine the stuff they told me they did. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, we can't catch everything. Heck no. But I feel like you have to put enough effort in to not make it easy. That's how I feel. Like, but in regards to motherhood, I think you're always going to be tired. You're always going to question yourself. You're always going to wonder if you're doing the right thing. And I think that makes you human. Human. Normal. It's Mm -hmm. okay. And it's okay. I mean... Not for you to stay in guilt, but just to know that, hey, I'm not going to do everything perfect. Yeah, and You're give yourself grace. Yes, give yourself grace. Uh, I think one thing that I saw on Facebook once, I think my crazy friend, um, um, he has his own way of doing things on Facebook. I think he gets banned like every other year. But he had a little meme that says, F them kids. Fuck them kids because I did everything I was supposed to do to them, for them, so they would be successful in life. Right. So at 18, if you're saying that, it's okay because you equipped them. You did right. the best that you knew how. Mm-hmm. And if you screwed them up, okay, maybe I screwed you up here, there. But you're situation. an adult now. Go to therapy. Right. Go. I taught you how to go to therapy. Go you're to therapy. <laughs> you, that's, you know, help. we talk about that on a lot of subjects. Yeah. We can't hold on to the past mm-hmm. and make it responsible for everything that's happening now. You have a certain control. And I think kids, I mean, we just had a thing with one of our kids. He's 15. Like, you're the only parents that have rules. And you're the only parent. Only, only, only. So I like went on Facebook. I was like, hey, parents, can you give me an idea of what your chores and rules are? It's like, I was like, hey, can you read this? Read these. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I was like, oh, but your life is so hard, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I feel like once he turns 18, right? Mm-hmm. Two years away. Once you turn 18, three years away from 15, sorry. Once you turn 18, you can stop blaming us, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you don't like rules and you want to go out and break them and you get in trouble, it's not our fault. That's your fault. So like, I think teaching your kids to take ownership mm-hmm. earlier than later, because I think you're right. You need therapy. If you're going to keep blaming me, I might have screwed up. I might have made some mistakes. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. But how are you changing it now? Because yeah. if you just keep wanting to blame me, how does that solve anything? It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. It, I think it's just an excuse, an outlet to say, I am this messed up, screwed up. Your fault. Because it's your fault. So I have no reason to take accountability for that yeah um i think for me having children and watching them turn into adults is one thing that helped me recognize and forgive my biological mother for the lack of parenting that she did with me and also like realizing she was mentally ill so this expectation that i had of her to be a parent like you that's unrealistic unrealistic. (laughs) she was never going to be like that so um therapy also helped me recognize that as well so i had to let it go i mean i'm still working on it we all work on it but i think like you have to you know my partner has older children that don't communicate with him at all and it's like 
you know, at what point do you take ownership for that and come and have that conversation face to face and move forward and grow instead of point fingers and hear stories, especially when people get divorced, it could be ugly. Oh, they did, you know, you find your own truth mm -hmm. and learn your own truth and grow from that. And I think, you know, we battle with that from the time they're children because you're battling everybody else telling you what to mm -hmm. do and how to do it yeah. up into their teenagers and oh, well, they don't have that rule. So maybe I shouldn't have that, you know, and you're questioning yourself all the way to adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a parent, I feel like you never stop questioning yourself. You can only yeah. help your creating little good humans. And, you know, I try to, when I notice a parent doing something, I'm like, great job. Or that's so great. You're yeah. doing that. Or like, but, but I think the thing I shared with you earlier was in that situation, like you're saying where the kids don't talk to the parent. Um, there was this young lady on TikTok, and you know, she went through her issues. She said she suffered from alcoholism when the child was a teenager. And so right now he's made the decision, I'm not going to talk to you. And I know I made that very same decision with my biological mother. I can't talk to you because we're not going to have a productive conversation. I don't like you. I'm pissed off, angry at the bullshit I had to go through because you didn't get help or you didn't allow other people to help me you with us that she's just honoring his space okay yes she still sends stuff to him hope he's getting the positive messages just checking on you i love you but she's enjoying the relationship she has with the other kids that she still communicates with but she also recognizes i kind of screwed him up a little bit because i was an alcoholic when he was a teenager right. so i think that also for me i tried that with my children older children when they became adults because we just did not have this perfect oh i love you mom hey mom what you doing um relationship and so i thought i was honoring their space that okay well if you want to go talk they're to upset somebody with you or they're you, yeah. you know you want to make this person more like your mother figure okay that's okay or you don't want to talk to me because i was a screwed up parent fine but that's not what they wanted so I think with him having that conversation, like you said, hey, do you, do you just not want to talk to me or do you want me to honor this space that you've created between us? But still having that, I'm going to just reach out and say, I love you. And that's all I did with my oldest daughter was, I love you. But yeah, she honor their space, but still love them. Yeah, I think they probably, I don't know, but I would assume they... There's something from their childhood, mm -hmm. like if I talk about my partner's kids, that they feel like they got missed out on mm -hmm. or didn't have or weren't mm -hmm. treated this or And some of that may be their own perception or other people telling mm -hmm. them perception. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, they push you away and say, I don't want to have any relationship. They you know a lot of them, especially if you have different households, they don't want the rules you have now because what the heck, I didn't have rules, you before, whatever. I think like you said, you reach out and you let them know that you love them and you're there. And it, when they get to that level of maturity and they're ready to deal with those mm -hmm. things, They'll come to you, but I don't think they're ever going to get there if they don't go to therapy. No. Because no, I've watched it for not. years and absolutely it's just this, not. you know, everybody else is to blame. It's everybody else's fault. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. And it's like, it's never going to get better until people go to counseling and hear from an outside source of how you deal with these things and how that is. And Because just, I could have been a fucked up You could have been, but you were... But you, at 18... I stopped being your parent and you start making all the decisions right. in your life right. on your damn own. So right. how am I to blame for this? Right. 
And even if you were a bad parent when they were younger or not the best, you did the best you could. I don't think you deliberately did it. Like you didn't wake up every day and say, I'm going to make a bad choice today or I'm going to abuse you or I'm going to leave you out in the cold or, you know, you did the best that you could or you knew at whatever your life was like for any parent. I don't feel unless you intentionally are doing harm to your child, like physical harm to your child. You know, I don't think anybody intends to be the bad parent who did me so wrong. Mm -hmm. You did the best that you knew and you didn't find out to their adult that that's not what they wanted now i think it's up to them to deal with that face it and like you said the point you turned 18 you're an adult you gotta stop blaming me for everything in your life please don't blame me it does affect you your childhood does affect you for sure but if you're not gonna be adult enough i always say to my you want to be so grown do grown things you want to care oh i don't need rules i'm so grown let me see the grown things then go to counseling you know take responsibility for your actions Pay your own bills. <laughs> that's, my, that's my um, point of where I say, you're in a whole adult, you pay your own bills. Right. That's when that's when you can say you're an adult. adult. But we just wanted to do a little, like, shout out to the, the people who, have, you know, are sending us suggestions yes. to talk about. Yes. People have very candidly expressed to us that what we're doing is helping them feel like a safe space and that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's really the objective of our conversations is that you feel normal and you're not alone in the world and you can have these conversations. So if there is something that you want to talk about, I mean, this, this person gave us even points that they were thinking about or want to talk about, you know, we, we love you 2000 followers on Facebook. Go ahead and send us a message. We are totally receptive and we're, we're excited about it. And we want to be this platform that helps. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We love you guys. And hopefully you got something out of this episode. And until next time, bye bye.